0: Hi, I'm Sam Candy and welcome to Sustained Talks. Today I'm joined by Alistair Lang, Capital Partnership Fundraiser at St Anne's Hospice. Hello Alistair, it's lovely to have you here. How are you?
1: Very well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I'm really looking forward to this today. Uh, so one of my first podcasts I've done. So yeah, excited.
0: Well, I'm glad to give you the opportunity. I think it's really important that we hear from charities, um, especially understanding the challenges that you face. But why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about you, your experience, and St Anne's Hospice, the charity that you work for.
1: Um, Um, Well, I've been um, a fundraiser for the last uh, 18 years. Um, I used to work for an organisation called the Children's Adventure Farm Trust as their charity Relationship Manager, um, which I, I, I absolutely loved. And then the pandemic came along and lots and lots of things happened. And I decided to take voluntary redundancy back at the back end of 2020. Um, A lot of soul searching and deciding what I wanted to do. And um, I looked on the the St Anne's website and they were looking for a capital partnerships fundraiser, uh, which was back in March last year. Uh, I had a quick Zoom interview and the next day I was offered the job, uh-huh. um, which was very, very quick and something that I'd never done before. Um, <clears throat> so my role, uh, essentially, it's a two-year contract. Um, St Anne's Hospice uh, has got um, two sites. One of those sites is um, in Heald Green and it's, a, it's a quite a, um, an old building. It's 150 years old um, and it's in, in need of repair. Um, but we've actually received planning permission to build a brand new hospice wow. <clears throat> um, on, the, on the land adjacent to the current site that we've got so I've been brought in to try and bring in the remaining um, uh, funding that we require for that new build and it's especially targets in the corporate world. Yeah
0: yeah and what um, you know that's things like that that's going to be a large cost um but tell us a bit more about the charity and St Anne's Hospice because I know people might not have experienced um what a hospice does and how it helps people.
1: Sure well St Anne's Hospice is actually um um, one of the oldest hospices in the UK um and one of the largest hospices in the UK as well it was actually um set up back in 1971 um so we've just we just celebrated our 50 years um of, of being um uh, working um so the first site that we bought was in healed green and it was the, the site of um an old children's home uh, it was a victorian building um and we're still in there to this day and then about 20 years ago we also purchased another site or had a site purpose built for a new hospice in little Hulton um in salford so we have the two sites Um, And we can cater for 48 people in total um, as inpatients at those two hospices. That's, as I say, we're the second largest um, uh, behind St. Christopher's in London and we're the largest outside of London. Um, So we provide inpatient care and outpatient care. um, So both end of life and palliative care. Um, But when I I first started the hospice, you know, I, I expected it to be just a place where you came to die. You know, that was my perception of what a hospice was. Um, and then when I actually got there, I realised there's so much more to it. Um, you know, the, the, it's, it's the full holistic care that we provide physiotherapy and, and everything that, that, that goes with it. Um, I mean, my, one of my first days that I started there, I was actually sat outside um, having a, a meeting with my boss. And when I was sat out there, one of our, our patients came out um, with her husband and our patient liaison um, gentleman staffist came out to have a chat to them and he was bringing them afternoon tea. Um, which was lovely so they were sat there having their afternoon tea and then he just said you know have you got everything sorted for your evening meal tonight and uh, they said yeah absolutely we've ordered what, what food we, we're going to have and he said but more importantly have you ordered what pre-drinks you would like and he said oh yes we've ordered our gin and tonics as well so you think everything i think thinks a hospice you know it's just yeah. a place to come and die but actually it, it's a place to live you know yeah. and we make sure that 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 everybody has a fulfilled life until they do pass away
0: yeah that's um I know, um, you know, sadly, I know some friends uh, whose uh, partners and family members have have been into hospices and, you know, the the way that they talk about how they were um, treated and how, you know, they couldn't have got through if it wasn't for those hospices. So I know how it is. What about the costs? you know, it, it must cost to, to look after that amount of people and to do the work that you do. Um, how, you know, what kind of costs are you looking at?
1: A lot. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the actual costs of running the, 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 the two sites that we've got is in excess of um, 10 million pounds a year.
0: Wow.
1: Um, so it's a, it's a phenomenal amount of money. Now, we receive around about a third of our income from the NHS, yeah. Um, so that money is used, and is specifically, there really to to pay for the, the clinical staff. So pay for the nurses, and that's that's what that money's for. for. Um, however, that leaves around about twenty thousand pounds a day uh, that as a fundraising team we need to bring in. So um, it's a phenomenal amount of money. Um, we we are very fortunate. We've got a great bunch of fundraisers. Um, we've got some very very loyal supporters. Um, you know, people who have maybe lost up, um, somebody within the hospice. Um, and you know it's 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 fantastic, but it's it's a challenge. You know it's really really tough to try and bring in that kind of income.
0: Yeah, I bet it is. So, so what kind of things? I mean, is it um fundraising events? or i i I didn't even realize um that it was that much money that you needed to raise. that's that's hard. How do you go about that?
1: <laughs> well, a, a, a large amount of money that we also raise is comes from legacy income. Mm-hmm. Um so once once maybe if somebody has passed away within the hospice maybe their family and um, then set up something within their will um so that 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 we would maybe benefit in the future that's very difficult to determine how much money you're going to get to come in on a yeah. regular basis because that's obviously dependent on when people do pass away and what they've left and etc so that's one of the main areas that we, we get income from. But then we, we do all the usual um, fundraising things. So we, we have an events programme. So we have our annual golf day. We're going to have a ball this year. Um, we do um, events like the, the, the Manchester Midnight Walks. That's one of our biggest events that we hold throughout the year. Um, we're we're um, teaming up with, the, with Tour de Manc this year, and we're going to be putting some people in to, to do the ride around Greater Manchester. Um, so yeah. there's, there's just various ways that you know we hold Christmas fairs, summer fairs, and um, we've got um, uh, charity shops. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's, is it the usual way that we we do yeah. try and raise money, and then we also try and engage the corporate world as well. It's very important to try and get as many people or as many organisations involved as well, and that's specifically what I'm doing because when I talk about um, having to bring in twenty thousand pounds a day, that's our running costs. Our new hospice that we're going to be building. Um, is a cost of around 19 million Um, and we're hoping to start building later on this year um, with our view to be moving in late uh, 2023 or early 2024 so yeah it's it's, it's a real challenge at this moment in time.
0: Yeah I bet it is and tell me a bit more about those um, partnerships what do they look like?
1: with the businesses? With the businesses, oh well, gosh, we have we have different partnerships with all sorts of different companies, whether it's a small, maybe a small accountancy business up to the the, the multinationals. Um, and we're always looking for new companies to, to engage with as well. So really what what we do is, I would sit down with an organisation or a company when, when they want to get involved with the, the, the organisation or t- with St Anne's, and we'll sit down and we'll chat about what that business wants to get out of the relationship and what St Anne's wants to get out of the relationship with the company. And that might be that they want to engage the staff in corporate social responsibility. They might want to get the staff involved, coming down hands on and actually physically getting involved with with some physical work. Or it might be they want to just choose as their charity of the year um, Mm -hmm. and actually raise money for us throughout the year. It might be they're all a fit bunch and they all want to go and climb Mount Kilimanjaro, (laughs) and we could we can facilitate that for them as well. You know, so it's. But when I started fundraising. going back 18 years, you could very much approach the corporate world and just say, we need some money from you. Yeah, You can still do that, but you tend not to get it. (laughs) What you need to do is you need to work on that relationship. You need to build a relationship. You need to um, understand that the company wants to fulfill its corporate social responsibility. They want to make sure that they're engaging their staff. And then you find out if you can engage the staff, you will find that money will come out of the bottom of it anyway. Yeah, because the staff will want to do stuff for you. They'll get more engaged. The company will then buy more into it as well. They might match fund, and then rather than just being a charity of the year, we're really aiming for it to be a long-term relationship. Yeah. Um, so that we could we can develop that and 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 get it moving forward.
0: I think that's so important. You know, um, I always say that with um, charities, that especially around CSR, that businesses it needs to be you know real in-depth long-term partnership because then you're both going to gain more out of it and it's certainly to engage your staff to engage with your customers I think it's really important for those um, relationships to be um, to be more than a year because it takes a year and you're probably only just getting started with the relationship Um, but um, so you, you said it's quite challenging asking businesses for money is that because they're you know it's harder to they're going through struggles or they are um, just you know they get these calls all the time what what is it that
1: that um... you just hit the nail on the head there really it's not that they get calls all the time there's so many fantastic charities out there mm-hmm. you know and if i if i approach a company to just out of the blue to talk to them they've probably been approached by 25 or 30 others so what um, companies tend to do is in, nowadays they tend to go to the staff and say look we'll have a vote on it. You know, have you been touched by a charity? And then people will vote for, for which charity that they would like to, to support. Um, a lot of that time it might be cancer charities because people have been touched by cancer or, or whatever. It might be, you know, a children's charity because of, uh, somebody's been in a, a child who's been in a children's hospital, whatever it is. It's, it's quite difficult with so many charities out there to actually get an in. Yeah. Um, so then that takes it back to what you're saying. I'm, I'm not a fan of, and I should be a fan of the word charity of the year. Um, but I am, I want to build long-term relationships and I want to be a charity partner with that company and that yeah. to grow and develop and build over the years. Um, and that's what what I see happening. And then, you, you know, rather than it being in and out of one charity and then in and out of another and trying hard to keep on getting new charities, if you can build long-term relationships with a few, then that, that that's a, a, a real win for me.
0: Yeah, I can see that, um, you know, I'm not a fan of Let's Vote for Our Favourite Charity, because you're always going to get the big ones that are going to come up, because that's what people think of, that's what's front of their mind. Um, But it's the little charities that also need the local charities that you can you can relate to that really do need um the businesses help and you know for for one of the big charities you may not be able to build that kind of relationship I'm not saying that you shouldn't give to the big charities too but it's maybe worth looking at a few different partners and incorporating a few different charities that relate but really keep in mind those smaller charities as well
1: right Absolutely. And I think, I think we very much focus on our locality as well. Um, mm-hmm. We've got very, very loyal supporters from our very near vicinity. Yeah. Um, and, we, and we, I wouldn't use the word exploit, but we, we, we use that um, to, to our benefit um, because I think we are a local charity. People have known that St Anne's Hospice has been um, in Heald Green and in Little Houlton, um in Salford for, for many years. We've also got a presence in Withenshaw Hospital. Uh, with the neil cliff center so that the you know we we are a local charity we support um individuals in manchester stockport trafford um, and salford they are the, yeah. the areas that, that we cover and very much we are looking for organizations within those areas to support us you know we're not looking for for companies that are based in london Um, or or the like it's we we want manchester-based organizations to be supporting um our charity and supporting what will be manchester's new hospice once we've built it as well and that's the way that we are marketing it as well we are marketing it as manchester's new hospice
0: yeah and when it comes to um you know people helping is it are you just looking for money what other support are you looking
1: for Predominantly, what we've talked about there, of course, we're looking for money. That's one of the main things that, that we need. However, there are lots of other things as well. You know, We need um, donations for our charity shops. Yeah. You know, we need people to, to be going through and, and stuff that's new or next to new, donating those. Um, we need uh, donations. Uh, we, we, we need gifts in kind as well. You know, there's lots and lots of things that we require. You know, we've been so lucky during the pandemic to have people who have been donating face masks and, you know, the full ones and and all sorts of things for us during the pandemic. We have Christmas fairs that we need donations of items for. Um, It might be that we we can target um, an organisation and rather than asking for money, it might be that they are a bed manufacturer and we can ask them for beds or mattresses All that kind of stuff. So it's it's looking. That's what I said about the big picture. When you first meet an organisation, a meet a company, is how can we best benefit from what they do? And it might be they have a product that we can utilise. It might be they have got a really really hands on workforce. We can say, look, we've got our garden and we need some we need some help doing some gardening. Can you send ten people down for a day and just get your hands dirty and come and do that for us? We've got a We've got a relationship at the moment with um, the Trafford Centre. Uh and you know everybody lobs their 10ps and their 50ps into the fountain well that all gets scraped out every so often it's about (laughs) once every six months and it's just manky and we have to get people to go through it and sort it out and bag it up and all that kind of stuff so yeah we need and we 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 target the, the corporate world to come and help us with that kind of stuff as well
0: yeah that's good that's good um obviously it's been a tough couple of years I know you've changed jobs so you said that you you know you've had a lot of support from the community but um for the for a lot of charities the pandemic has really hit them hard um, and obviously people don't have as much um time or money or um you know they don't want to sort of be be in person um has that has that been a struggle over the pandemic?
1: It's been a huge struggle from so many different ways as well. I mean, firstly and foremost, um, from our patient's point of view, we've had to limit the amount of um, visitors that they've had. We've still been very lucky that that we've been able to to have visitors, but it's limited to to three nominated people and only two people can visit at any one point in time. So that's very difficult if there's a a family of five or six that want to come and visit somebody. Um, So that causes an issue. Um, We've also had at times... Obviously, some of our staff have had COVID, you know, there's, there's no yeah. getting away from the fact. So they're then self-isolating. and We are still continuing with that at this moment in time. So even though the UK is coming out of lockdown somewhat, we are not. So we are still in a very, very strict and um, controlled environment. Yeah. So that's been very hard. Um, from my point of view, from the fundraising side, that has been very difficult. We are, we are well down in income um, over the last mm-hmm. year or so. Um, not surprisingly, you can't expect the corporate world to be giving money when, on one hand, they're, they're furloughing staff or they're making staff redundant. Um, so, charities have not been at the forefront of their the thoughts, I don't think, over the last year or so, or the last two years. Um, so, that has been very difficult. It's also very difficult to ask people for money virtually. I like to look them in the eye <laughs> and tell them what we really need. And, you know, yes. and it, it's, it's, really, it's really powerful. Um, an example, I've, we're, for the first time in two years, I'm actually going out to do a presentation tonight. And it's the first one I've done in two years. And that is my bread and butter, you know, going yeah. out and actually talking to people and engaging and communicating. And that's just not happened. You know, yeah, we, yeah. We, we are members like you are of um, Manchester Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. And I'm just dying to get back face to face. You know, we're, we're still having virtual meetings there. So yeah. it's it's been a, a really challenging time. Again, events, we've not been able to hold them. Yeah. You know, we've not been able to hold our midnight walk, we've not been able to hold um our our golf day or, or whatever the events are. So um yeah, it's it's been really, really challenging.
0: Yeah, I bet. Well, if there was one thing, I mean, I, you know, hearing it from from your from your voice, I think I hope that this impacts businesses um to reach out or to, you know, to pick up the phone or to take your calls or something but if there was one thing that you could say to the corporate companies right now um, what would that be
1: i think from from my point of view is uh, that the, our, our new hospice is something that is is essential yeah. um we have got to the point that the building that we're currently in in healed green is not fit for purpose um, we are providing world-class care we've got world-class nurses and yet the building is not fit for purpose um so we've because of that we've not actually been fixing things that are going wrong because we know we're going to be moving into this new building um you know when it needs a new roof the corridors are not wide enough there's leaks um the, the, we've not got piped oxygen people are nurses are dragging oxygen through the the, the building so it's not fit for purpose um we are in the position at this moment where we've raised um, around about or half of the, the, the £19 million has been released by our trustees, um, we're confident that other money is going to come in, but we're still going to be about £6 million short. And I am just need the corporate world and people of Manchester to, to become founder funders um, of Manchester's new hospice and just get in touch, see whether there's any way they can get involved, engage the staff, do some events. Help us in any way you can, but we need this new hospice for Manchester. You know, we we, we, none of us want to be in a hospice, but you know, it it might be that it might be somebody's mum, dad, brother, sister are going to need that hospice, and they would want it to be the best place they possibly could and not somewhere where they're in multi wards and there's other people about and there's a lack of privacy. We need this new hospice for Manchester, and I would just ask them to really think about that and and see whether they could help us.
0: Well, I hope that this um podcast and this interview uh helps in some way uh it's really been insightful for um, me to hear um about your journey and your challenges and thank you so much for sharing that with us and you know really really wish you the best and i hope that um i can uh come up and hopefully uh see the new hospice and it gets all the funding that it needs um uh, you're doing an amazing amazing job and um, well done And thank you for your time
1: thank you so much it's been my pleasure
0: all right bye-bye
1: bye